Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway. And I'm Cameron Conway. And this podcast is a very personal look at personal finance in Canada. Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway, here with Cameron Conway. And this week I picked up a book called The Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Greziosi. And I was thinking this was going to be the kind of book that's right up my alley. So the type of book that says, get up at 6am and go for a mile run, get into productivity and get five things accomplished before you've even gone to the office, that kind of thing. Yeah, one of those books where you just do the things it tells you to do and you will have instant success. And it was not that. This book was actually all about mindset. And I hesitated a little bit because, I mean, it took me a little bit to read it. And that was kind of what the plan was for this week. Yes, a bit of a bait and switch there. But I guess we couldn't really ask for a refund since it was a library book. (laughs) Ways we save money. But I took a second and thought to myself, you know what? Mindset is important because when I was doing my reflection after reading this book, I kind of thought to myself, when I was younger, I went through this period of time where every year I would faithfully set my list of goals for the coming year. And every year I would miserably fail at accomplishing basically any of these goals. And the best piece of advice that I'd heard there, so not from this book, but something that really helped me bridge the gap between my my wishes and my immense failure that I faced every year was essentially this concept that we kind of start with ourselves here on the ground and our goals are these lofty ideas up in the sky and in our heads and what you really need is a ladder which is a bunch of small achievable steps that you take every single day to slowly climb towards those goals. And the direction might change, the wind might blow, things might happen. But as long as you're taking a small achievable step every day, that that really does help. So that was my practical tip at the beginning of this podcast, because the rest of this has nothing to do with that. Oh, I was going to say that uh, I found a very practical thing is to have a goal. Your first goal should be to come up with a goal. Oh no, not this again. (laughs) Then again, if you kind of spiral out of control, then it doesn't really help at that point. But yes, step one, have a goal and figure out what the goal is because a lot of people don't actually have the goal and don't know where they're going. Well, and this is where I decided that this conversation is still worth having and that it is still worth talking about this book because fundamentally this book, like I said, is about mindset and it's about getting really clear about who you are, what you want and where you're going. And I think those things are foundational, not just for personal finance conversations, but I mean, I found in my life and in my practice that once you get really, really good and really, really clear about defining who you are and what you want, everything else becomes a little bit more achievable. And that can be your money goals. It can be your budget. It can be bigger goals like saving for a house. And it can be career goals. They all tie in together. So let's do a bit of a talk back about this book, Millionaire Success Habits, and we'll take it from there. Hopefully there's something of value here for you today. So let's start at the beginning. I think with any good plan for self-analysis, you want to take stock of where you are now. And this is kind of the honest, no holds barred, no one's looking, no one's listening discussion that you have with yourself in the back of your mind to kind of assess where you are today. That's right. It's time to peel back those deep, dark, black curtains of introspection and see what is actually going on on the inside of you. 
That's right, because not only does it let you kind of look at the physical things that are kind of around you, your job, your career, your family, your friends, things like that, it's designed to help you go a little bit deeper within yourself to kind of see where the dissatisfaction points are. Now, it's trying to figure out where you are today versus where you think you want to be. Well, that's right. It's the old uh, philosophical trope of know thyself and I spend, therefore I am. <laughs> we spend and we don't know why, but hopefully this can bring some clarity about that. So after the assessment, the idea is that we can get very, very caught in this trap of knowing what we don't want, especially if you look at your circumstances today and you're feeling really dissatisfied. Maybe you have a lot of debt. Maybe you didn't hit your career goals and you're feeling like it's getting a little bit late on and maybe you won't. And you can essentially, you can blame circumstances, you can blame yourself, but we get into this mindset trap of focusing on the things that we do not want in our lives, but we don't actually know what we do want. Or if we do, we don't know what it will take or if we have what it takes to get there. Well, that's right. Sometimes it's just easier to focus on the negatives or the anti-blank that is going on in your life. It's, I don't like this. I don't like that. But it can actually be harder to kind of narrow that down instead of having the 30 things you don't like and just coming to grips with accepting the one or two things you actually do want. Well, that's it. And I, from prior books, other reading that I've done, uh, I've I've come to understand that our mind works in a way that it moves us towards the things that we think about the most. So when you're focused on the negative, it's hard to make that progress because there's an example in a book that I had read, which essentially said when someone's whitewater rafting and they're going through really difficult rapids, a good instructor or a good guide will point at the place that they have to go because if he points at the problem, you'll find yourself automatically going towards that problem instead of the place that does not have the problem that you're trying to avoid. So by shifting that focus, you're essentially giving yourself permission to not look at the great distraction, which could capsize your ship, but to move forward past that to the thing that will get you safely and enjoyably to your next destination. Yeah. And this isn't getting like metaphysical. This is just kind of the the basics of just how the brain works in psychology. It's about getting it focused on the subconscious level on kind of where you're trying to go by what is kind of ruminating through your mind because what you kind of attune yourself to, that is what you start to look out for on a day-to-day -day basis. And this can be used in a whole host of different things throughout your life, but what you have your focus on turns into these autonomic processes. And that's what kind of helps drive your subconscious decisions every day. Well, and it also comes down to a practical aspect too, which is the usage of your time. So when your attention is on something, your time is going to go there as well, right? So you don't want to be focusing on things that don't move you towards the goal or towards the end result of becoming that person that you're trying to become or that financial goal that you're working on. Because like I said, if that goal or that outcome is not clearly defined, then how do you know where you're going to go? So as a part of the taking stock and as a part of the honesty and the honest conversation you're having with yourself comes the creation of a clear vision, a clear vision of what you want and what you truly want and identifying your why. Now, this is not a concept that's 
new to this book or or new to I mean this is this is in many many places uh, the kind of who what and why are you doing something but I think that there was a really interesting exercise that this book had that I thought was actually beneficial and it was called the seven layers deep exercise and it was essentially asking you so if I was sitting across from you, Cam, like we are today, and I said to you, what do you want to do in your life? Or what do you want to do to reach whatever your defined goal is? Why do you want that thing? You would probably start by telling me something superficial. Oh, I want this because I want to get out of debt. Or I want this because I want to be able to feed my family. Well, after our earlier conversation, I want a cheeseburger now. (laughs) They didn't hear that part. And uh, to prior comments, I am very motivated by food. I'm like a dog, basically. You wave a cheeseburger in front of my face and it's pretty easy to get me to follow you around. Anyways. So I I think what you're trying to get with this seven layers thing, I think the point of it is to continually ask yourself why. So I want to do this and you respond with why. It's kind of the five-year-old treatment. Maybe, but the idea is, and the way it was kind of laid out in the book was it's supposed to get you from answers that are in your head to answers that are in your heart, deep in your soul. But why do you want to do that? Oh my goodness, no. All right, he's using it against me now. Yes, so that is that is the purpose. So something will start superficial, like I want to get this promotion. Well, why do you want to get this promotion? I want to provide for my family. But once you've gone through this process seven times, it can get emotional and it com- can come back to things as things usually do, like things from your past or things from your upbringing where you have a deep-seated need to feel a certain way or to accomplish a certain thing. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I know for myself, I was in the past very strongly motivated by pleasing people that I was wanting to impress in my life. Now that's something that I've moved beyond, but things like rejection, things like setbacks, things like not feeling maybe validated when you're younger can lead to motivations that you need to be aware of because if you're not aware of them, they'll continually stand in your way like these big roadblocks that you can't even see because you don't know what they are or where they are. Really, it's like walking through a hall of mirrors. You think you're going one way, but you're kind of being steered to go a different direction without you realizing it because a lot of these either events or thoughts are just so ingrained in us that we can forget or not even realize that is what's actually steering our day-to-day life. Well, and bringing this back just momentarily to the financial conversation, I think in a financial planning context, there's great value for understanding people's motivation with their money. And a lot of that comes down to attitudes about money, attitudes in your childhood, attitudes that you saw with your parents, with your family, with how they spent and what they did and how they saved and how they argued and how that's all come to be a part of you today. Yeah, and it's something we kind of hammer home repeatedly on this podcast is that your finances are essentially just an expression of how all these things are going on inside of you. So once you've gone through that seven layers deep exercise, and I encourage you to do it with someone you trust, someone that you can actually physically have that conversation with, so you're speaking out the words, and you're not just bouncing them around in your head, because it's easy to get lost in those thoughts sometimes. Yeah, and to carry on the conversation, just have a nice seven-layer dip and some tortilla chips. Oh my goodness. Do I have to ask you why? Or is that a bit redundant at this point in time? Oh my goodness. But the idea is to come out of that with 
a very thorough understanding about what motivates you. Because as we've talked about in the past, motivation is so important to sustain any lasting change in your life. Well, exactly. Your motivation could drive what kind of career you go into. Some people, they just want to show them, show all the people who doubted them. And other people want comfort. Other people want to be around people. Other people want to be far away from people to achieve either success or solve a problem. But it's all these things that kind of help define you and your personality. Well, and like I said, it can be very deep-seated. It can come down to a feeling of a need for control or a feeling to not feel rejected or to feel a sense of belonging or something along those lines. Or even to just right a previous wrong. Absolutely. Yes. We like to feel that things are, are right and justified in a lot of senses. But understanding this can help us move through this mentality. And in the book, they talk a little bit further that within each person, there's kind of two people. There's there's the villain and the hero. And the villain and the hero are both stories that we tell ourselves about who we are. And they might be stories that we even tell other people about who we are, where we basically say, this is how I was raised. This is what I've gone through in my life. Here's the bad. Here's the good. And when it's overwhelmingly negative, it can be a bit like a villain and hold you back. And you want to get to the point where you acknowledge that story, but then you work deliberately to change your story to one of a hero. So think of all of the powerful underdog stories that you've heard throughout your lifetime, like Rocky, like things like someone's beaten down and down and out and all of that in their lives. And they're just a normal, average, run-of-the-mill guy or girl that has faced impossible odds, impossible obstacles, but somehow have overcome. How do we change our inner story, the story we tell ourselves and others, but mostly ourselves, to one where I'm a victim, I'm a villain, I've been trapped by life, I've been kicked and beaten down, to one where I am that hero that overcame. So a lot of this, maybe this is getting a little bit too philosophical here, but but I think getting this mindset is what was missing for me from taking things from the point where I was just trying to chase a goal to getting to the place where I can now sustain myself, change my story, it'll increase my confidence, and as we'll see a little bit later, when things like that increase, it increases your ability to actually achieve your goals. So it does all come together in a nice circle. The big thing to remember is you do have control of this story to a certain degree. It's not like when you're watching a movie on TV that just kind of follows the standard hero cycle. Where you begin with the comfort, familiarity, control, then you move into the darkness and into the chaos. You get your little wise guy to poke you along the way to give you your confrontation so you can pull out of the chaos and come back into comfort while learning a new lesson or achieving a goal or defeating an enemy. This is all happening inside of you and you don't have to go from comfort to darkness and chaos and back. It's you can kind of take the control now if you're willing to do that introspection. Absolutely. And all great stories have an element of struggle. All great people have had an element of things that were very, very hard, almost impossible in their lives that everybody seems to forget because nobody looks at it because people judge you 
on your outcomes now. They don't look at your journey. But your journey is something that is so incredibly personal and so incredibly important because as you start to shift that narrative in your life, as you start to see yourself and position yourself as that powerful person that can do all of these things, then it really starts to make a shift inside you and it really starts to change. We are really nothing but a collection of stories. And it's what we love. I mean, think of our our main forms of entertainment. They're all stories, movies, books, these things that we like to hear. It's all about powerful overcomings. So once we start to believe our new story, that yes, we were kicked down. Yes, we used to be a victim. Yes, maybe we were the villain in our own lives because we were stuck in our own negativity for too long. But now we can change that then we start to believe it ourselves and we can base our worth on that new story. And we can start living as if that new story is true today and that new story will be more positive focused. And if you pull back that thought of don't focus on what you don't want, focus on what you do want, then you can get to that point where that narrative is now defining the direction that you're going to go in your future. So a good narrative in my mind, it needs to be charged with purpose and with passion, and it needs to be charged with what you want as your outcome. So if you look at yourself as the author of your own story, it's really deciding what you want to write and how you can put all those emotions that will motivate you that are positive and personal to you in that story so that it drives you forward. So let's think about the negative cost for a minute there. If you don't change the story that's inside your head, you'll be like me at the beginning of this podcast. And like I was for years where I would clearly define my goals. I would do all of the things that they would tell me in kind of motivational class 101, uh, but I would never get there. And part of it for me was a belief that I, maybe I didn't deserve that, or maybe I wasn't capable of getting to that level myself. Maybe I believed some lies that I was telling myself from my childhood where, you know, I'd never really accomplished much. So maybe I couldn't accomplish much in the future. And you really don't think about that stuff very often as an adult. And until you stop and really look at where you are today, you might not even realize the impact that that could be having holding you back. And again, I'm not trying to get all psychological, metaphysical, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's really not not about that. But I am a big believer in introspection. And I am a big believer in understanding what is causing our actions. Because like I thought this book was going to be when I started reading it, the idea was to generate the ability to create change in our lives. So from the beginning of the podcast where we're talking about creating that ladder with small achievable steps up towards our goal, one of the first steps in my mind is getting the mentality right because you cannot motivate yourself to take the action you need to take if you're constantly in an invisible fight with yourself. And this is the traditional story about the two wolves, right? There's a bad one and a good one inside of you and they're always fighting for attention. And the person in the story says to the guide, well, which which wolf will win? And the answer is the one you feed, whether it's the negative or the positive. And I think that's very true. Well, the thing we have to realize is as adults, we are very good at kind of dumping big, giant piles of dirt onto a lot of those old thoughts we had when we were younger, those pivotal psychological 
milestones and markers of what guided you to become who you are. It's very easy for us just to kind of go out and bury it. It's like those statues on Easter Island, just the tides and the dirt just piled over them. And then one day someone stubbed their toe and, oh, look at this giant thing hiding under this dirt. We can actually be a lot like that with a lot of these things that have gone on in the past or just things not going well, or even things going right, that we just kind of bury those things down, but they still try and crop up out of the ground to have a strong influence on us. Even if it is just in your split second decision-making or your needs, your wants and desires and how you go about achieving or ignoring them. But yeah, a lot of it is deciding which of these two facets of yourself are you going to give energy to and affirmation to and decide what it is you actually want. So at this point in the book, there was a bit of a pivot, and the author talks about some coaching that he had done with a fellow named Dan Sullivan, who has a business called The Strategic Coach. And I'm not particularly familiar with it beyond just reading about it this past week in this book. But essentially, after doing all that legwork, it's trying to make that shift into things that will make you more successful. So from this coaching perspective, he had a formula that he called the four C's. And the four C's were commitment, courage, capability, and confidence. So once the mindset is right, the idea is finding something that you love. Because he'd made the comment in the book that um, you don't see many millionaires doing things that they absolutely hate doing. Most people that become wildly successful at the things they do, do it because there's a passion there. And maybe you're not going to be completely passionate about all the technical aspects or all of the day-to-day. Every job has mundane aspects to it. But if you're passionate enough and smart enough to hire people to do the other stuff, you can kind of pull through. Well, yeah, in a lot of these cases, the passion comes from the end process, the end product, or the result that comes about from the processes and the products. Well, and as long as you're clear on what it is that you do and do well, then you can work to that strength. And actually, that's one of these C's in the four C's. So commitment, of course, is just the understanding that if you are going to change anything material in your life, you have to be committed. You can't do this halfway and expect great success. If you do it halfway, you'll be like me setting a goal and then next December going, oh my goodness, I'm not even close. It has to be a constant month to month, week to week evaluation and working towards these things that are motivating you. Now, and in this context, in this particular book, it was about building a business uh, and the steps that were required to do so, but it can apply to so many different aspects of your life. So the next part of that as well is having courage. And I thought that this one was very interesting because from a business point of view, a lot of us sometimes know what we have to do, but we get so stuck in the fear of what other people think or even what we believe about ourselves that we don't do what is necessary to move forward. Yeah, and courage is, it's not the absence of fear. I, I think this is something that's kind of gotten lost because for generations, courage has always been like one of the cardinal virtues. It is having the strength to act despite the fear. It's not an absence of fear. It's you're staring fear at the face, but there is still that strength inside to continue to move and to prevail. That's right. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's action in the face of fear. And I think that that's the most important thing. And we're not talking about reckless action or anything that will endanger you, but there will always be points in your business or in your life 
where you're going to have to do things that get you uncomfortable. And the people that are the most successful are the people that will put themselves in these challenging or uncomfortable positions the most frequently. So from the book, I really liked a definition that the author had, where he basically said, marketing is attracting the things that you want into your life and repelling the things that you don't want. And he took it a step further and he said, selling is getting people emotionally invested enough to take the time to take the action that you're hoping that they will take. So of course, there's a business aspect to this as well. But if you're afraid of selling and marketing, you're probably not going to get to the level that you want to do in a business context. And you're probably not completely convinced that your product or your solution is helpful or is good or is the best thing out there. So now let's flip this for a minute because this conversation hasn't been all about business. You could translate that to relationships as well. If you're looking for a partner and you don't believe that you're the absolute best person for that person, then my goodness, how good are you going to be at convincing them that you can meet their needs and live a happy life together? Or how motivated will you be to help that person and create a life together? So, I mean, again, many different applications for this type of the conversation, but courage is all about taking action. And then that courage, it has to be focused. So going back to these four C's for a minute here, the third is capability. And the idea here is to not focus on what you're not good at. You know how like the old adage when you're in, in math class or where you're in grade school and they're saying, oh, you did terrible on this test. Repeat it a hundred times until you can get the answer right. Well, in real life, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to find what you're naturally good at, where your gift is, where you're absolutely better than other people and then you enhance that so that you become incredible and then you can create this business or you can create this lifestyle that is attractive to others that is marketable and quote unquote selling well i mean you're just encouraging people because you really do have the best or the most well-crafted solution out there for them well that's right and if you are in business all those areas you have weakness in that is what staff is for 100% agree. Hire to your weaknesses and uh, work to your successes, work to your strengths, right? Yes, I, I, you can't disagree with that. That's what all of the smart people do. As a business owner, you cannot be good at everything. And like we talked about at the very beginning of this, so many things will just plain waste your time to the point where you cannot focus on the things that matter. So how do you define out the things that really matter, the things that will make you so good that people can't ignore you, the things that will help you get to your own money goals, that'll help you achieve this own next level in your life? Uh, a lot of that is delegating the rest, really, and understanding which tasks, which things that you come up to in your everyday are not for you. But at the same time, I want to kind of put this little caveat in, this does not exclude you from learning new things because that's something else in another book that we'll probably get into some of the point is just always having that desire to learn and to know more to be teachable to be curious so yes you work towards your strengths but at the same time you have to maintain that willingness to learn and that curiosity so that you may discover other things about yourself that you could actually be good at that you would have never realized before that's a really good point and i think as you level up as you're natural capabilities get enhanced, you become more confident. And confidence is actually the last C in this coaching process, 
where, I mean, have you ever seen someone who was wildly successful that was maybe unsure about what they were offering or unsure about who they were as a person? Zuckerberg, Jobs, <laughs> okay. Gates. <laughs> but they were also very, very good at what they did. We're not talking about mannerisms or personality. We're talking about the core offering. I mean, sure, you can talk about who they are as people as well. Some people are just quirky. We're quirky too. Come on, let's not point fingers at other people when we're weird. Also... Well, no, the confidence here is the confidence in yourself to do something. It's not the how you act around people. Like It could be the confidence to find a way to figure out what it is you want or to do a good job at your career or your hobby or whatever it is. It's just that sense inside that you can accomplish this thing or that thing or solve this problem or that problem or even just have the dogged determination to make yourself better quirks and all right and what's life without a little fun and what's fun without a few quirks right so that's confidence for you confidence is just you believe that you will be the best that you can be or that you will give it the best that you can give it, right? And like I said, speaking to capability again, we're all going to have strengths in different areas. We're all going to have awkward mannerisms. I mean, I can be quite socially awkward. That's totally fine. I accept that about myself. But at the same time, I know I'm good at my business. I know I'm good at my job. So that's something I can speak to confidently on a regular basis because I know I can make a difference in people's lives. And I think that that should be the end goal for people going through this process, especially if you're in the services industry where you're actually trying to help other people. You have to get to the point within yourself where you truly believe that you can change someone's life because you've taken the time to amass the skills necessary to do so. All right, so we're at time, so I think we're going to stop the conversation here. This was just a brief look into a much longer book. The book, of course, being Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. And if you want to keep talking about this and go even deeper and get more philosophical about everything, just uh, check out our Facebook page. It's Personal Finance Canada and the uh, discussion group that's attached to it. Right. And if you feel like we were a little bit off topic today, maybe we were, but I really truly believe that everything comes full circle. And once you get yourself set, once you get your mindset set, once you understand and clearly define where you're going and also understand what you don't want and what you're not trying to get in your life, you can position yourself more favorably to get the results that you want, whether it's in business, whether it's with your finance, whether it's personal. And then, of course, like we talked through some of the four C's that were talked about in the book of commitment, courage, capability, and confidence. Play to your strengths. Have the courage to take risks that are manageable, that you understand. I mean, that are not going to put you in any danger, of course, but that will move you forward in a positive way. Or even just the courage to do that introspection, figure out what it is you actually do want and like, and not just focus on the negative. Sure. And if you want to have more conversations like this, this is a whole wide topic that we can get into. Feel free, like Cam said, to find us on the Facebook page, send us a direct message, or just post something on the page. We'll happy to engage as soon as we're able to. And I think we'll wrap that at that for today. If you're in the BC area and you're looking to speak to someone about setting goals for yourself and your own personal finance, and you want to take it beyond just the normal conversations of, here's $500, should it go in my RSP or TFSA, and you want to explore the why, 
feel free to find us at Braun Financial, braunfinancial.com. We're open to having these conversations and we're looking always to find ways to make positive change and to have people find the ability within themselves to change themselves so that they get the outcomes that they are trying to achieve. So until next time, take care. And all the best. Oh, now I can have my cheeseburger. Oh, this is such a, oh my God, the wolves. Who let the wolves loose? Why is Christine chasing me? Well, that's right. It's supposed to be motivation. I mean, think of the word freight. Fright? Freight? <laughs> no. Freight trains. Yeah, exactly. They're in motion. Fright. Anyways. Okay. You're going to cut that. Got it. Hey. <sighs>